Somebody trying to ruin my 4th of July weekend. Ruin your 4th of July weekend? To start the... To start, you I'm blaming trying, me already? I'm trying to start the show on a good note, a happy note. And someone sends me uh, an email of the the healthiest hot dogs to put on the grill this weekend. <laughs> so therefore, this ruins ruins your weekend well, when you're talking the, healthy hot dogs. It's ruined the whole weekend. <laughs> Andy, Andy, Andy's watching his, uh, you know, what he's e- eating and everything, a little yeah. more health conscious these days. But would you have a hot dog that is called in an organic, uncured, pasture-raised turkey hot dog not a chance sounds mm, gross i don't think so yeah, not a chance i want a ballpark frank all of these sound gross and i mean here's well here's the ballpark brand smoked turkey franks Blech. yeah i need a good vienna beef vienna beef yeah exactly no substitute i'll tell you what else is on that communist list that somebody just sent me <laughs> i don't know how putin got my email address but i'm pretty sure that it was him that sent that to me <laughs> what does it say vp at gmail.com shirtless it's shirtless 101 at invasion.com <laughs> Uh, and uh, we can. Uh, I'm curious of who people's favorite <laughs> hot dogs now. I enjoy a lovely hot dog on the grill. It's fantastic. Don't ruin my whole week. It's funny kids, kids who fly. From 1971. Back when you could still call some kids fat kids. Not exactly politically correct anymore. Or sissy kids. But. <laughs> That's the quintessential hot dog song, I think, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. To go along with this horrible list that somebody sent me this morning, uh, the healthiest hot dog options for the holiday weekend. Uh, great organic, uncured chicken hot dogs. <laughs> Has anybody even had that? I've had chicken and apple sausage i don't think so it's actually it's actually good it's a little uh, you know on the sweet side it's not like a bratwurst i mean that's if you're going to have a sausage have a bratwurst or a good old italian uh, sausage on the sausage on the grill uh that's good but i, I the chicken and apple sausage I, but i don't know about the not a hot dog no it's a terrible list yeah, baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, and Chevrolet, not chicken. That was the other commercial dog. I was thinking about. Baseball, yeah. hot dogs, apple pie, and Chevrolet. Yeah. Yeah. Around the same time as the Armor uh, hot dogs mm, spot. This one sounds delicious. The Upton Natural Up Dog Vegan Hot Dog. A vegan hot dog? Vegan hot dog. In, uh, on this list here, it says the vegan hot dog has a texture similar to meat. 19 grams of protein from vital wheat gluten or seitan, the main protein of meat. Mmm, that sounds good with some potato <laughs> salad. <laughs> yeah, this, this is just. Sorry, I know there are a lot of vegans. I know there, I know there are people who probably like all this stuff. This could not sound more disgusting to me. <laughs> the grill. My choice when I'm in the store, as Andy said a moment ago, um, Vienna beef. Yep. They sell them in the store. They're fantastic. I mean, you know, if you want to do them classic Chicago style, put them in some boiling water and, you know, do them so like you buy them off of a hot dog stand. But on the grill, are you kidding me? A grilled Vienna beef hot dog is delicious. It's fantastic. What's your choice, uh, Schwani, on this? I would uh, go right with what you're talking about there. Yeah. And uh, they go to old Ballpark Franks, uh, you know, the, the ones that plump when you cook them. <laughs> are, oh, yeah. Are we too affected by television commercials? Uh, well, that's so. being the business in which we are in, yes. There's nothing better than a commercial of any kind, really. Nothing better than a what? Commercial. Oh, <laughs> So we're going to spend the next a lot of couple of say, hours singing our favorite commercial a lot of jingles. Say they don't like commercials. I love commercials, <laughs> and have for a very long time. 
Uh, yeah, I, I'm okay with a, a ballpark hot dog. I like the skin. Andy, is this what you're, you're talking about in the Vienna beef? The casing, right? Oh, of course. Where you get a little snap. A little and, snap and a little crunch at yeah. the beginning, yeah. That's good, that's good eating right and there. And that char flavor, oh. if you've got them on the grill. The char flavor. Mm. I put, uh, when I put, before I put them on the grill, I put a few little slits in the hot dogs so they don't curl up. Mm. Uh, and, you know, and so they don't explode either. And they don't explode. Yeah. You don't want your hot dog exploding. <laughs> yeah, that would be bad. That's bad. That's a mess. Uh, anyone have Nathan's hot dogs? I see those. Oh, uh, the ones that the, from Coney ones. Island? Yeah. I had them in New I had one in New York when I was there. It wasn't on Coney Island. It was a Nathan's hot dog stand in Battery Park. Are they good? They're good. Can you tell? I prefer Chicago hot dogs, actually, yeah. but uh, but they were good. Not overly a fan I of I like the, the fries. The New York hot dogs, I'm like, eh. I mean, uh, same with the pizza. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely same yeah. with the pizza. Same with the pizza. But uh, I do like they put so- they put uh, brown mustard and sauerkraut on their hot dogs, and I do like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not crazy about again. I got to have a little snap with my hot dogs, much like this <laughs> yeah. microphone stand is doing right now. <laughs> Would it kill us to buy a can of WD forty? By the way, or whatever it's called. <laughs> The last time Bob Collins asked that this microphone stand be lubricated once years ago. <laughs> that was the last time. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with Andy on this. I, you know what I do like? Um, what's it called? Hebrew National. Oh, yeah. They're he, good, too. Hebrew National. Uh, I've hot, seen those. I haven't tried them. Hot dogs are also very good. They answer to a higher authority. <laughs> that's, that's the tagline. That's very true. Yeah. Um, Oscar Mayer? Mm. Mm. I grew up as on Oscar Mayer. Yeah, as a kid, it was, yeah, a kid it was okay. Mm. Yeah. Could take or leave an Oscar Mayer hot dog. Here, oh, you want another jingle? Sure. Oh, I'd love to be an Oscar, Oscar Mayer wiener. That is what I, I truly like want to be. Because if I were an Oscar Mayer wiener, everyone would be in love with me. Brightens up your Sunday yeah, morning. Take that, Jane Pauly. <laughs> Try to top that for quality Sunday morning programming. <laughs> that she's Good not luck. singing hot dog jingle songs. My baloney has a first name. It's a WCCR. My baloney has a last name. It's M A Y E R. I love to eat it every day. <laughs> Sad. All right, now what's the story with uh, the hot dog buns? Because for me, got to be poppy seed. Okay, yeah, I'll go along with that. I love a poppy seed bun. Preferred, like I I do like them steamed, Mm -hmm. uh, like the stands. But if I'm going to do it at home on the grill, I'll throw the hot dog buns on the grill for a minute too to toast those up a little bit. That's good. We had a place back home that steamed the buns and and the hot dogs. It was a little ice cream stand. Nice. And uh, any type of candy you wanted, ice cream, soft serve ice cream, and and custard, and the hot dogs in there were Fourth of July. There was a you know Fourth of July all day event down the street. I mean, you couldn't get much more American than that. Yeah. Uh, as usual, uh, our text line going crazy over yeah you know, over what their favorite hot dog. All is. the rest of America is talking about <laughs> economics and. <laughs> Our, our line is exploding <laughs> over the hot dog controversy. Uh, Dean recently tried a new way to cook Vienna hot dogs. Put them in a crock pot on low for four hours. They t- uh, taste like they just came off the roller. Well, I don't know if I would want to taste like the roller hot dogs from 7-Eleven. <laughs> no. <laughs> that have been there for a week and a half. But it's a good idea, though, to put them in the crock pot on low. Sure. It's just like. You buy them off of a, you know, at a, at a little hot dog joint. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for that. Oh, here's a, here's a, somebody texted in. I love the veal brats from Polina Market. They're very lean. Almost. Oh, those would be good. That would be good. Veal brats. Yeah, I've, I have bought just regular hot dogs from uh, Polina Market. They are delicious. They're delicious. Well, from there, yeah, they you know they would be right. I did have to get a second mortgage on my house to pay for them, <laughs> but 
847 area code uh, says, Dean, you know what else has a texture similar to meat? Meat! (laughs) Funny thing about that, huh? (laughs) All right. I'm I'm curious to get some of our listeners' uh, thoughts and opinions on favorite hot dogs on the grill. Hot dogs on the grill. 312-981-7200. Next. means exactly Shawnee andy uh people are asking are we drinking already now why would they <laughs> ask that maybe because we've uh, already sung three or four oscar meyer wiener jingles and we have many more to come and we have a show. we're on till 11 o'clock today <laughs> stick around don't I'm miss thinking one of several yeah but uh, name the jingle that we're singing and win a great prize here's the 630 area code are you boys hitting the Irish coffee this morning? <laughs> Maybe. Hey, you do your show your way. We'll do ours our way. I just had coffee. I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, me too. That's 773 it. area code says Costco brand beef hot dogs are amazing. Kirkland. Never tried them, but I'll bet they are good. Give that a try. Uh, someone said there's a great hot dog called Lazar's. They snap when you bite into them, and they have a really red color. There you go, Andy. That's what you were yeah. wanting. I don't think I want it too red, though. No. Right? That's shouldn't look like a Twizzler. Now, as, as many times <laughs> as you've been, <laughs> as many times as you've been to New York, you've never tried Nathan's, Dean. Uh, I get. I don't think I have. Really? Okay. I've I had saw hot the, dogs on the you know those carts on the street. I've yeah. I've done that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I saw the Nathan's hot dog stand when we were there a few years ago and i said i need to do this this seems like a new york thing so i did and it was all right it wasn't really anything memorable now you know and of course here this is rearing its ugly head in our hot dog conversation would you rather eat a hot dog with ketchup on it plain with or plain with nothing on it if those are the two choices plain with nothing on it well you Shawnee? i'll go with that too yeah yeah I'm not. I, I don't care if somebody puts ketchup on their hot dog. The, you know, some people. Oh, that's a you know that's a that's a sin. Right, right. A yeah, mortal I, sin I, here. Be, I just don't like it. I just don't like it. Yeah, yeah. I don't like the taste of it on my hot dog. So, if I had the uh, choice of the two, I, I think I would go plain uh, also. But hey, put whatever you want on it. I don't exactly. care. Put peanut butter on it if you want to. I don't. I don't <laughs> you got to eat it, not me. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you tried an Eisenberg hot dog available at Heinen's in Glenview? Heinen's is a really cool grocery store, by the way. Been there a few times, but I've never had. Uh, yeah, me neither. Never had their hot dogs. Chicago's very own Romanian kosher, kosher hot dogs, hmm. especially their garlic dogs. Nothing better. Tui and Clark. All right, so some good choices. Instead of this ridiculous list that somebody sent me of healthy hot dog choices. Uh, here, 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 I looked at another one here. Uh, there, it's a hot dog made with pork, garlic, and fennel, and fresh beets. Oh. <laughs> I say, I said that beat it. <laughs> Thank you, Michael Jackson, uh-huh. for that. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll take a, a quick jump from that to everyone's favorite, ladies and gentlemen. Time once again for the world-famous far-flung forecast. A fascinating compendium of interesting facts presented to us each week. A special guest commentator on the program. Maybe you know him uh, by his uh, sometimes name, Dave Schwan, by his name today, Frank Footer. <laughs> Furter. 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 No, no, wait. Furter. Furter. Careful how you say that. No, I said it Just right. be careful how you say I that. I said it right. <laughs> And thank you very much, Dean. Today we go to Stratford, Virginia. Hmm. Actually, Stratford Hall, Virginia. That's my favorite one. In Westmoreland County, Virginia. It's about an hour and a half south of Washington, D.C. And Stratford or Stratford Hall, Virginia is home or was home 
to a very prominent family, the Lee family of Virginia, back in the 18th century, and was the boyhood home of one Richard Henry Lee. Does anyone know who Richard Henry Lee was? Richard Henry Henry Lee. Lee. Richard Henry Lee. Any guesses? No idea. Okay. All right. I knew him uh, as a, a Dick Lee, but oh, okay. <laughs> as, a little more well, casual. But. As, as, uh, as Richard Henry Lee actually was the person who first presented to Congress in June 7th of 1776 the fact that we ought to declare independence oh, from Great Britain. Troublemaker. It was Richard Henry Lee's resolution that was first presented on June 7th. And was debated for some time, and on July 1st of 1776, the final resolution was debated on July 2nd, Hmm. 1776. It was unanimously proclaimed, but Richard Henry Lee, along with his brother Francis, were the only two brothers that signed the Declaration of Independence. I was going to say, what happened? Those are not names that you think Mm. of. When you think of the the signers sure. of the Declaration, you think of Thomas the, Jefferson, the you founders think of, of America, right. John Adams, who said that July second should be celebrated with pomp and fireworks yep. and all kinds of celebration, right. but it was July fourth when the Declaration of Independence was adopted. I did bring plenty of pomp with me this morning. <laughs> yes, no you did. Though? I stopped at the pomp store on my way in this morning and loaded up. <laughs> Interesting fact, though, that uh, the Lee family. Also, uh, again, two prominent brothers uh, in the 18th century, Richard and Francis Lee, signers of the Declaration of Independence. Uh, someone else that was very famous in the Lee family, Robert E. Lee. That's what I wondered. The same yeah. family. That's the only name I could who think of. was the Confederate general during the Civil War. Uh-huh. But Stratford, Virginia, has uh, mostly cloudy skies and 76 on this 3rd of July, 2022. Now, how did they like their hot dogs? Do we know? (laughs) (laughs) They should have made a list when they were signing the declaration. Right. Like an order Sign this document, please. And by the way, let us know how you like your hot dogs. Whether or not they like ketchup on their hot dogs. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we really want to know here. 9.36, and this is Dean Richards' Sunday morning. We're happy to welcome onto the program our pal, Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital, and happy holiday to you, my friend. How are you? You too, Dean. I'm doing great. Uh, you know, finally have some good weather on a weekend, and it's great that it's a holiday weekend, so hopefully you're going to get out of there quickly and go enjoy the day. Yeah, I don't know if uh, you uh, have ever done this before, but this uh, a lot of people on days like this will go on what is called a golf course. Really? And uh, oh. get uh, clubs and uh, hit a ball around. You may want to try that. You, I might, might, might be, I might think about that. Yeah, yeah. It might be something you'd enjoy. I don't know. It's I, called I, golf, huh? Okay. I'll, it's I'll called golf. Yeah. Yes, it is called golf. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, so let's hit a couple of COVID topics, but I also want to hit some Fourth of July weekend uh, safety topics. Also, uh, all I've been hearing about this week is that we are going to have another wave of infections coming in in the fall and the winter. Are we, do you think that we're in a period now, or like sort of a, a calm before the storm? I do. I think, unfortunately, this BA4 and BA5 are really starting to ramp up. And unfortunately, with this strain, it's showing that people can get an infection a second time or a third time. So it's almost getting, I don't want to say like the common cold, but where you can get infected over and over again. And we're just seeing some numbers ramping up here that are pretty pretty substantial in the community not in the hospital and all the more reason uh, to be vaccinated and boosted because when this next wave comes in if you do get infected won't be as severe as you know the original cases of covid that put people in hospitals correct i mean that's one thing that we have really shown is that those individuals who are fully vaccinated and boosted have a much lesser chance of getting long covid and have a much shorter duration of the illness. Those who are not are still getting, I don't want to say fairly sick, but they are not having fun for a good 10, 14 days. Yeah. And the risk of long COVID certainly rises with them. Yeah, the, a few uh, people, friends, co-workers uh, that have gotten COVID over the past couple of weeks, you know, they've been home for a couple of weeks. Uh, but they've, I, I've said, uh, well, you know, have the symptoms been mild? It's not really. It's, they said it's no fun. 
uh, what what people are going through, even though they are vaxxed with double boosting. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's uh, it's one of those ugly illnesses, and we have to remember too that you know the vaccine certainly, based on the original COVID strain, is going to give us some protection. But the the variants, unfortunately, have a way of kind of working their way around and still get making sure that they're infecting enough people to continue to spread. So. The vaccine will certainly help you, and I certainly hope people get it. Um, I think we're going to have much more conversation about what the fall is going to look like from a vaccine point of view as well as an outbreak point of view here over the next few weeks. Yeah, people uh, in the Chicago area, numbers are up in the Chicago area, so be aware of that. What's the the progress of these uh, vaccines that uh, Moderna and Pfizer are working on that will deal more specifically with uh, the Omicron variant? Yeah, you know, Dean, it's, we're going to look back at this and go, oh, my gosh, how confusing could we have made it for people? And certainly it appears that it's going to again. So really, the, the cliff notes of it is when Omicron came, we both had Moderna and Pfizer saying, OK, Omicron is here. Let's start working on a vaccine that would take care of Omicron as well as just basic COVID. So making a, what we call a bivalent vaccine. Well, what happens then is BA4 and BA5 pop up, and now all of a sudden the FDA is saying, hey, you know what, time out on your vaccine for just basic Omicron. We want you now to work on a vaccine that is going to have BA4 and BA5 because that is going to be the predominant strain. So now it's going to be a race to can we get that not only produced, tested, but manufactured by the fall, and it looks like it is going to be a tight race. Here's uh, Kathy on the line at 312-981-7200. You're on with Dr. Kevin Most. Thank you so much for taking my call, Dr. Most. I love listening to you every weekend and and you too, Dean. Um, All right. So my daughter and I plan on taking uh, my grandson for his first um, vaccine next week. And again, he's only a year old. Um, We've all been vaccinated and... um, I've also had some side effects afterwards, you know, like with body aches, muscle aches, headaches, sore um, injection sites. Um, will he, okay, you can't just say he will, but if he should um, start crying, obviously he's not talking yet, but um, if he's obviously uncomfortable and, and, and in pain, how can we make him feel better yeah yeah so does a, does a one-year-old have the same kind of side effects that an adult might have well you know kathy i'm glad you asked this question because it's extremely interesting right now that you're going to bring this child in we have two vaccines that have been approved for these that age group the pfizer vaccine and the moderna vaccine now the interesting thing is pfizer much lower dose one-tenth of the adult's dose and that has shown in the studies to have much milder reactions. So if, uh, if a parent is concerned about the reactions and the side effects, you would certainly go with Pfizer. But you have to understand that you just extended it because it's a three-shot regime now over 12, 11 weeks. Versus Moderna went the other way and said, you know what, we're going to give a strong vaccine right off the bat. You might have more side effects, but you're going to be fully protected in four weeks. So that's a decision that parents have to make now is, Am I willing to wait the 12 weeks to get full protection, knowing that it's going to have lower side effects? Or am I going to say, you know what, we're going to bite the bullet, but we're going to be fully protected. And we're going to have these transient side effects for a day or two where we're going to treat them with Tylenol and they're not going to feel great. But knowing that a month later, instead of three months later, they're going to be fully protected. Now, so what does Kathy and her daughter do for their son and grandson? Uh, you know, one-year-old can't say, you know, I'm feeling this way, I'm feeling that way. What do they do right. to keep the child as comfortable as possible? Yeah, give them Tylenol, give them uh, Advil. Those are going to be the, th- the things. And you know what? Kids can't talk at that age, but you certainly know that they're not having fun. They're going to slow down on what they eat. So certainly you want to make sure that their fluids are up as much as they want. And that's the time I hate to use the word baby them, but baby them. Let them have things that they normally, you might normally restrict. You know, give them more juice if they want juice. Um, Tylenol and Advil certainly are going to help keep any of the side effects of fever or pain down. But know, again, that these side effects are transient, but they're going to be protected from an illness that could be a lot worse. Yeah, good luck with that, Kathy. Uh, I appreciate your call. This is Linda. You're on with Dr. Kevin Most on WGN. 
Good morning. I have a question for Dr. Most. My daughter, who is 41, uh, became infected with COVID right around Father's Day. So I'm saying that's maybe three and a half, three weeks ago. Uh, she's fully vaccinated and she's boosted. She has a cough that just won't stop. Is there any point of her going to the family doctor? Is this going to go on? Um, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, Linda, cough, unfortunately, is the one symptom that lingers for quite a bit of time with COVID. And the reason being is that we know how much inflammation COVID makes in the upper respiratory as well as in the bronchioles, the tubes that lead to our lungs, that irritation stays there. And cough continues. So can she go to the doctor's office? The doctor's not going to have a whole heck of a lot to do. He'll be, you know, very empathetic and say, hey, let's try, you know, some tea and water and honey and things like that. Cough suppressants are okay, but they really are not great unless they're codeine-based, and we really try to refrain from using those except in the extreme cases. So I would tell her lozenges, cough drops, lifesavers, anything like that to keep the secretions off the back of her throat, but know that this is the inflammation that will slowly slow down and go away. Advil, good anti-inflammatory, may help, but really it's going to be fluids in time. Yeah, and uh, we'll be back with Dr. Kevin Most. More of your questions at 312-981-7200 next. It's 948. Dr. Kevin Most is always joining us to answer your questions about COVID and uh, other health issues that you should know about. Uh, Kev, we had uh, an interesting question on our text line asking uh, with the monkeypox Uh, so prevalent right now how safe is it for kids to be or anybody to be in community swimming pools yeah that did totally fine you can go swimming in any of the pools that you'd like to monkeypox is not going to spread by that it is really spread by direct contact um, of lesions and vesicles on individuals so uh, certainly do not be concerned about monkeypox in the pool i'd be more concerned about you know being around kids with COVID than I would be, you know, monkeypox. And we look at these numbers and it's a good story right now, but if you look at the total numbers, although it's increasing, it is still very small. And, and I know that we're looking at it more as vaccines are going to be available for uh, individuals who may be at a higher risk for this, but certainly something that we should not be afraid of at this point. Well, what about, you know, so many people are going to be doing outdoor activities this weekend. Uh, should people be masked outside? Here's a, a, a texter from 630 that says, we're going to a wedding this afternoon. We are vaxxed and double boosted, but the groom's family are anti-vaccine. What's a good plan? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Those who you who are going to that wedding and have been vaccinated should be less concern than the individual sitting across the aisle from you who have not been vaccinated at all. Um, certainly, you can have an illness and spread that to someone who's unvaccinated. Um, but if you've been fully vaccinated, I'd be you know fine. I wouldn't be concerned. But uh, someone who's anti-vaccinated or an anti-vaxxer and has symptoms, I would try to stay as far away from them as possible. Yeah. How successful can this marriage be? Really, when yeah. <laughs> one side is vaxxed and the other side of the church is not vaxxed. <laughs> um, here's 708 area code. If I get double boosted now, I'm already, I already got a booster in December. Can I get a new booster in the fall? I'm going on a European cruise in October should I wait to get my booster closer to the trip? Yeah, you know, it's not a bad idea. If they've been, if they have already gotten their booster, right now they really wouldn't even be eligible unless they're talking that they hadn't gotten their third shot yet and they're over the age of 50. So um, waiting till you get closer to the thing is okay. You're, we want to make sure that you have it far enough in advance that it's working while you're traveling, if that's your concern. But if you're concerned about is it going to wane, that would be another thing. At this period of time, if you're going in the fall, a vaccine now will still give you great protection in the fall. The other concern I would say or the other thing I would say is keep your eye on what's going on over these next couple of weeks. And as we see more about the Omicron BA4, BA5 vaccine, see if that timing works out, because that's going to give you the best protection as BA4 and BA5 in Europe are rampant right now wow okay well that's good to know people are you know people are so anxious to just start traveling again 
you know, check and yes. see, check and see what yes. the numbers are where where you may be going. Uh, Correct. Especially if it's England. Yeah. Oh, really? Really? Yes. Interesting. Okay. Well, uh, you know, every Fourth of July weekend, we hear these stories of uh, fireworks that go awry. Uh, people who are you know blowing off their own fireworks displays in their alleys or on their streets or whatever and they think they know how to do it and they can do it safely and we hear we still hear these stories every single year what are the what are the kinds of problems are you seeing in your emergency rooms uh, over a fourth of july weekend yeah dean it's interesting you know we have what we call safety huddles every morning and i can tell you that every morning this week in the safety huddle Either myself or the head of the emergency department said, please make sure you talk to everybody you possibly can about firework safety because we will have someone who blows the finger off. We will have a child who, you know, has damage to their eyes. So certainly people have to really think about what they're doing and how safe that they can be because unfortunately what happens here is we're at picnics. By the time it gets dark, we've had alcohol, and now all of a sudden it's time for fireworks and things. And it's, I would just say to parents, be extremely careful with sparklers, people think it's very benign. Give it to a little kid and let him run around. I would say be extremely careful. People don't understand how hot those burn. Don't those burn and, it like in excess of a thousand degrees Fahrenheit? Correct, something correct, correct, close to two thousand. Holy smokes! So, I mean, I always tell parents if you're going to do that, please go to the hardware store and get eye protection for your child. Don't have them wear sunglasses because it's dark already and they're going to fall and they're going to do more damage. Have them wear protection for their eyes and stand with them and don't let them run with those. Those are probably the biggest thing. And then also the guy that wants to light a firecracker and then throw it or light an M80 and then throw it. Those are the ones you can't tell how short a fuse is, how quick it's going to burn. Those are the things we get in the emergency room where we have damage to hands that is something uh, of all your body parts you certainly do not want to damage your hands and uh be really careful yeah uh and um what about the effect on hearing does it uh i mean it's a this is the the grumpy old man it's annoying when it's happening where they're just blowing off explosives like that but is there is there some effect on a person's hearing when they're when they're when they're the ones doing the exploding standing fairly close to it while it's happening for a prolonged period of time? Correct. 100%. You know, people when, and if you're not, if you're not blowing off, but someone does it next to you, um, I can tell you that, you know, you look at M80s, you look at some of these firecrackers, they can do enough damage to hearing if it's close to you that you'll have permanent hearing loss. Mm. So certainly you want to be extremely careful about your hearing. Whether you wear hearing protection, that's fine. If you're going to really want to do this and make sure, then go ahead and wear muffs or put in hearing protection because your eardrum is so fragile and so small that not only the sound but the pressure from some of these can cause damage. I would say, too, to people, be polite to your dogs. Dogs' hearing or, you know, animals' hearings are so much more sensitive than ours. Put them somewhere where it's safe and that they're not going to get injured. Oh, my gosh. That's so true. I, I had a big old German shepherd, you know, that uh, hid under the bed every 4th of July when the, the crazy neighborhood fireworks, you know, started. You know, it, it's, yep. it scares any kind of dog, and be, I'm sure their their hearing is much more effective than ours. Uh, how, how, what, what can we do to prevent uh, tick bites? Uh, what can we do to prevent uh, mosquitoes? the kinds of things that people might be dealing with after they're going to spend all weekend outside. Yeah, Dean, you know, we really haven't talked much about Lyme disease. We haven't talked about West Nile much because we had such a focus on COVID, but we have to remember that this is the season right now. So for those of you who are going to go out and go for a, a hike today, you know, or go walk through the woods, certainly look out for ticks. You know, we want to make sure that you're wearing appropriate clothes, that you have a DEET, D-E-E-T, um, protection on to keep those uh, ticks off. And probably the most important thing is to check for ticks after you have walked. Mm. And we're talking about the deer tick. People think about wood ticks that are fairly big and easy to see. Deer ticks, which carry Lyme disease, are much smaller. So really be careful what you're going to wear. Be careful, make sure that you have protection on because deer ticks are everywhere when you walk into any of the uh, forests in this area. And same thing with repellents, I guess, for mosquitoes. That's probably all you can do. I know somebody that when they get a mosquito bite, I mean, you know, when most people get mosquito bites, they get a little bump and it's super itchy. 
uh, this person gets welts, giant yeah. welts from them. Is that like an allergy to the mosquito bite, or what, what's going on with that? Yeah, it kind of is. So it's it's a histamine response. We have histamine in our body. We've all heard of taking antihistamines like Benadryl. We have histamine in our bodies, and it's kept in cells, and it's only released when the body sees something foreign that it says, I want to get rid of this. So that's what an allergic reaction is. It sees something foreign, doesn't like it. Some people are super sensitive to insect, to mosquito bites. And like you said, they get welts. Those individuals hopefully understand it and know it early on in life. And during that season, if they get a mosquito bite, they're putting ice on it right away. They're taking antihistamines, and they're trying to make sure that they're not getting bit by putting on as much repellent as they can and being careful about right. not being out at dawn and dusk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's disturbing when I, I've, I've seen it happen. It's like, yeah. what is that thing on your arm? Holy smoke. <laughs> Kev, have a safe uh, Fourth of July weekend. Always great to talk to you and uh, uh, hit them straight today. You got it, team. We'll talk soon. God, I love that movie. Yankee Doodle Dandy, the great Jimmy Cagney, jumping around like he's a marionette, dancing around. This is the movie in which he plays uh, showman extraordinaire George M. Cohan. He gave us Yankee Doodle Dandy, gave us uh, over there uh, so many patriotic songs, your grand old flag, name it. Uh, but remember, uh, uh, Fraser Thomas used to play this movie all the time. Yes, he did. On uh, Family, Family Classics. Family yes. Classics. That's how I was introduced to it anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I look for it. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be on some cable channel. Somebody's showing it, but I'm, I'm sure I can stream it someplace. Uh, and I fear that younger generations have no idea that this movie ever even existed. That could be. Yeah, because it goes back so far and... Uh, May not even know that uh, that it's out there. Nineteen forty-two, and they may not even they may not even like it. You know, it would look too dated to them, or it would look too old-fashioned. Uh, probably, I don't know. Probably the case. The movie came out in nineteen forty-two, but in my mind, is uh, that's time. eighty years ago. Holy smokes! That's eighty years ago. Think about that, Andy. Do you know what we're talking about? I do. I love that movie. Actually, oh, oh good. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask producer Jack, who is significantly younger than all of us, but uh, <laughs> he got bored with the program about forty minutes ago. And I saw, yeah, I saw him walk down the hall, and he hasn't come back. I know, I know. No, he, uh, he's, he's. Oh wait, he's back. He's back. Hi, Jack. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> Hello. Did I miss something? Where'd you go? <laughs> I just went down the hall to grab something real quick. <laughs> so do you have? Do you know who James Cagney is? Jimmy Cagney? Do you know who that is? No. Okay. Uh, so then you probably have never heard of the movie Yankee Doodle Dandy then either, right? Uh, I've heard That's, that it, phrase before. The phrase, but not, you, you've never heard, well, here, let me, let me just rack up the old uh, thing here one more time. Crank up the Victrola. Anything? I've heard that. It's okay if you haven't. I'm no, just, I've heard I'm it just curious if it, if this is, uh, you know, just like no longer cross generational again. Yeah, I've heard the song. I don't know the movie. So, what is a patri- What's what's uh, when you think of a patriotic movie or a Fourth of July movie? What do you think of? What's your age? What's your age again? Twenty five. I don't think I'm allowed to ask. Four. That's fine. I, I think care. I have to go to the HR office after asking him that. <laughs> yeah, you'll be getting an email after the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what else is new? <laughs> okay, twenty five. What's a patriotic movie to you? Uh, I mean, any like the war movies, like Saving Private Ryan, yeah, whatever. What? Um, is there one that comes to mind, or not really? I, I don't know why the first thing I thought of like Sandlot because I go to like oh that's a very extremely patriotic yeah, yeah. wow they go to like the uh, the fair and they're all on like the fireworks. fireworks yeah yeah Ray Charles music in the, in the oh. background there Bob Collins favorite song Ray Charles America the yeah. Beautiful yep Shwani how about you do you have a favorite Fourth uh, of July movie well um, have one that actually goes back a little further than Yankee Doodle Dandy. Hmm. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Oh, very much so. A 1939 movie. Of course, the great James Stewart, yep. Jimmy Stewart, yep. starring as uh, as Mr. Smith. 
uh, going to Washington, uh, uh, very naively thinking and idealistically thinking about uh, how he can change government and uh, is in for a rude awakening. Yeah. But that like, that is, could, like that could ever really yeah, like happen in ever, Congress. Right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like that could ever happen, like things could get stalled in Congress and nothing ever <laughs> nothing gets ever done. Nothing ever gets done. Oh, and, uh, talk people, about fiction. People tell each other how to vote. and uh, <laughs> Somebody filibustering. Filibuster? What's that? <laughs> Talking about yeah, what what has changed right since 1939? Yeah, sadly, that's and even true. before. Yeah, but that is a marvelous. There are just some terrific scenes in Absolutely. that movie. Yeah, that that uh, really point up to the greatness of our country. I'm going to throw in uh, Hamilton, even though it's a stage play. It was made into a movie. Uh, you know, they took this. The, they filmed the stage play, and it's uh, streaming on Disney Plus. But uh, you know, I talk about the founding fathers of america i don't think there's any better telling of that story than lin-manuel miranda's hamilton uh i'm going to throw in uh, independence day into the bunch into the uh the mix here how about uh you know the uh the story of the aliens attacking the world and that incredible uh, speech that actor bill pullman gives as president of the united states of you know the fourth of july is you know is going to be the day that we save the planet from this alien invasion i think that's a good movie for the fourth of july uh denzel washington uh matthew broderick morgan freeman in glory is uh one of them Schwani, did you ever see lincoln the movie lincoln i did after all i know yes i did the longest time you said you were gonna go and you no no i i did go and and saw it right when it came out as a matter of fact yes daniel day lewis anybody that wants to portray abraham lincoln (laughs) after his portrayal of lincoln uh would pale in comparison i think absolutely yeah absolutely that's uh i think that's an incredible you know movie if you want to understand uh, you know how we are in america and who we are and how we got to be uh you know the way that we are that that's a it depicts a very important moment uh and you know saving private ryan for for its gore i mean it's a brutal movie to watch of what war is really like and the invasion of uh that opening 20 minutes i think it is 20 25 minutes of saving private ryan is just some of the most gut-wrenching filmmaking that I've ever witnessed. But I think it's essential that we see that uh, and and to see what uh, people went through to save the world, uh, you know, from tyranny. Uh, I I think that's an incredibly patriotic movie. It certainly is. Yeah. Uh, The Right Stuff, that's one of my favorites. You know the, the story of the astronauts. The early, the early Mercury Seven astronauts. The early Mercury yeah. Seven astronauts with Ed Harris and Sam Shepard, mm-hmm. uh, Scott Glenn, and Dennis Quaid, uh, all part of that. I, I think that's incredible. Uh, and talking about space movies, the movie uh, The Hidden Figures about the uh, three African American women who helped Love that to drive the uh, space, the early Mercury uh, program. And to uh, get it going. Yes. And who knew that they were even a part of that right? until that story came out? Until that movie came out. Yeah. Exactly right. So, uh, yeah, those are those are definitely my favorites. I think that Yankee Doodle Dandy is my favorite in that bunch. That's a good one. What about, uh, what about 1776? Oh, yeah. The musical? The, the, yeah. yeah. And with Mark Craig and Mark Craig. Uh, Ken Howard? Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, it was a Broadway play uh, that was very successful, and then became a, a motion picture, and and really it's it's very Hamilton like in its own it way. Is. That yeah. it's it's a it's a pretty one hundred percent musical that tells the story of uh, how America was created. We had an interesting story here at uh, the ten o'clock news about Alexander Hamilton. Uh, did you hear this? That a letter? I yeah, I wasn't paying attention. I, you the never news. do. No, <laughs> you never do. You well, know the uh, <laughs> the men's room here inside the station is it's been closed for the past several months, and we've had that walk to the other end of the building when nature called. I hope you forget your past sometime. And well, no, it's it's so, open again. the The one in the build, the one inside the station. Well, it, there's no sign on the door anymore that says "Don't go in." <laughs> 
And you can get in though. I think it's locked. No, it's not. I I oh. went to, during the news. <laughs> oh. This is more information than anyone needs to know. But I can tell you from personal experience, <laughs> it's fully functioning. Okay. <laughs> so that's why I wasn't here. That's why I didn't hear your newscast. Thanks for letting us know. <laughs> need any other personal information? <laughs> Thank about you for letting us know. The We're talking I, about self-examination here about fifteen minutes ago. Some it's of the things that I do during the <laughs> newscast. <laughs> Seriously, a oh. letter, a letter by uh, Alexander Hamilton, which yeah. was written in 1780, yeah. thought to have been stolen, uh, has now been uh, was returned several years ago. It was found and now is on display at the Commonwealth of Massachusetts Museum. Hmm. It's a Fourth of July exhibit uh, this year. The letter was believed to have been stolen during World War II by someone who worked at the state archives. Hmm. So it uh, came back several years ago. It doesn't say here what the letter is about, but... Uh, but it was uh, stolen. But it was stolen and then resurfaced, and now a federal court has ruled that it now belongs to the state, and I'm sure they're going to be watching it very, very closely. Given the fact that Alexander Hamilton's uh, popularity has increased exponentially since the musical came out. Right, exactly. All right, I have to go back down the hall again. I'll see you in a few minutes. <laughs> WGN. It's 10:24. I'll tell you what a summertime Chicago memory is that I have. This is back in 1979. I can't believe how long ago it was. I hosted my first big concert ever down at the old Navy Pier. This was before Navy Pier was all fancy like it is now. Uh, and they had a little thing called Chicago Fest uh, back at uh, Navy Pier. And one of the concerts, one of those nights, was the group Chicago that I uh, introduced. I brought them on stage. Uh, they did uh, an incredible show. Chicago Fest is no more. Uh, it has evolved into what is now Taste of Chicago that uh, is going to begin on July the 8th. In Chicago, uh, pretty much down the street from Navy Pier. Neil Heights is the manager of Taste of Chicago and joins us on the phone line. Neil, welcome to WGN. Nice to have you with us. Having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, so what kind of preparation, how, how long does it, uh, I mean, is, is it a year-round process getting ready to put on this uh, event uh, Taste of yeah. Chicago, just uh, outside of Buckingham Fountain? Yeah, the Taste of Chicago's planning process is really uh, quite lengthy. Uh, there there are a lot of steps, and, and we certainly go to a lot of lengths to, uh, you know, come up with new concepts. I mean, the event, as you mentioned, has been around for a very long time, and so, you know, we really work hard to make sure that it is uh, relevant and uh, still very interesting and fun and, you know, frankly, one of the most accessible, biggest parties in the city. Yeah, so how many uh, food vendors will be participating this year? So this year's Taste of Chicago is a bite-sized Taste of Chicago, Dean. So it's uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, uh, July 8th, 9th, and 10th. And we have over 30 food vendors participating in our uh, bite-sized event. So a little bit, little bit of a smaller footprint this year, uh, but still packed with a lot of fun, a lot of action, and a lot of great food vendors that represent Chicago's awesome culinary scene. I would imagine that many of the vendors that are going to be there uh, have been vendors from day one. I, am I right about that? Uh, not, no, 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 not, not, not all of them. I mean, certainly Eli's Cheesecake has been part of the event since the beginning, and we do have a lot of longtime food vendors like Robinson's Ribs and uh, Dumb and, and some of these, uh, you know, uh, Rainbow Cone has been around for a long time. Then we also have a lot of really great new food vendors that came out particularly this year and said, you know what, let's give it a shot. Uh, and uh, uh, tons of music uh, this year as well, right? Well, yeah. So this year, um, you know, we have a great lineup on our main stage. Uh, Nelly will be uh, headlining Friday night, and then uh, we have uh, Lo- uh, Girl K, Drive By Truckers, Local H, um, uh, a, a really great Latin rock band called Atrocipolatus. Um So we've got a really diverse lineup, and then we've got Summer Dance this year at Taste of Chicago, so uh, we're, you know, this is the year of dance, 
and we will be featuring a whole bunch of different uh, dance styles, very participatory for people to come out and maybe learn a new move or show everybody the moves they have. But the summer dance tent is uh, something we're really proud of and exciting to be bringing. I, I know it's been of. very popular in the past, where people come out and music is played, and uh, I mean it's it's basically a, like a mass uh, dance instruction. Where you know if pe- if people know the moves, you know you can go as wild as you want. But if you don't, you kind of learn the moves while you're out there, and and people just have a a blast at uh, summer dance. Oh, they love it. So this, on a Friday this year, we'll be featuring four dance styles that were born here in Chicago. So uh, really looking forward to Friday's uh, summer dance down there. I mean, all, all of the days will be great, but really highlighting Chicago's contribution to dance is, uh, is a lot of fun, too. So this is going to be July 8th, 9th, and 10th this year uh, down in Grant Park. And, you know, basically uh, Buckingham Fountain is kind of the center of it all. Uh, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Buckingham Fountain is really show center for this year. Um, the event is large in part between Jackson and Balbo on Columbus, with Buckingham Fountain being the uh, the highlight. And again, you know, a lot of really fun activities and a lot of great things to do. Uh, right. Check Bonnie Hunt. Bonnie Hunt is going right. to be the celebrity cake cutter uh, for the Eli's Cheesecake Cutting uh, Saturday at one thirty. I did hear that. Yeah. So, uh, the, nobody cuts a cake better than Bonnie, in my opinion. No. So, so. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, what are the hours of uh, taste this year? Yeah, for sure, Dean. So this year it's 11 a.m. to 9 p.m., uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. All right. I've always said uh, going to the taste during the day is the greatest. It's not as crowded. Uh, you can you know negotiate the booths and the music and everything a little easier. Uh, so, you know, uh, think get about, there early. Th- get think there about early that. is yeah. always the bit of advice that I give everyone as well. And, and this year, also keep in mind, we're not using taste tickets this year. So, um, you know, credit card uh, and cash at the, at the food vendor booths and then uh, at the beverage booths, just credit card this year. So okay. that is a little bit of a change from uh, the previous years. Okay. People want to get more info. Uh, what's the best way to do that? Sure. Tasteofchicago.us. Good deal. Uh, all the information is out there. Neil Heights is the manager of Taste of Chicago. Uh, I hope you have a great taste this year. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Dean. Really appreciate it. This is uh, just a, a little bit of uh, one of the latest projects by Terrell Alvin McCreaney. Uh, Terrell is a, an American playwright. He is a screenwriter. He's an actor, the chair of playwriting at Yale School of Drama and also an ensemble member at Steppenwolf Theater, where his production, uh, called Choir Boys, is now running through July 24th. Uh, Terrell also is an Academy Award winner. He co-wrote the film Moonlight that was out back in uh, 2016 based on his own play. Uh, That, uh, if you will remember, also won an Academy Award for Best Picture that year. That was the year of the uh, the big debacle of announcing the wrong motion picture for best movie when it was announced that La La Land had won when really Moonlight had won. So Terrell's uh, play uh, that became a movie uh, for which he won an Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay also went on to uh, win uh, Best Picture. And Terrell Alvin McCraney joins us on our phone line right now. Terrell, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Welcome. Hello. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's good to be back. How are you? I'm doing very well. I wonder, do you, uh, do you replay that moment in your mind at all when, when they made that ridiculous mistake uh, on the Academy Awards? I mean, it was already an incredible night for you. You won uh, an Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay, and then later on in that evening, your your play uh, wins an Academy Award in this most bizarre way uh, ever. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually don't have to replay it because it's always on. Uh, it's been on television or on <laughs> computer screens or on phones or in GIFs since. And so I get little reminders of it um, pretty consistently. And I think um, what's ast- what was astonishing about that night is that, uh, again, as you said, I had already... Um, collected a trophy for Best Adapted along with Barry Jenkins, uh, who was director and uh, adapter of the piece. Um, And Mahershala Ali had won for Best Actor. That's right. Uh, The first of his 
two Oscars now. Um, and it was sort of a, we were very much in a celebratory mood because again, this little film that I had actually written here in Chicago when I was a student um, at DePaul University yeah. um, had gone on to become uh, an Academy Award winning screen, uh, uh, winning screenplay. And um, I was pretty ecstatic, ecstatic about that. So, you know, I didn't need any more excitement in my yeah. <laughs> at that point. I mean, that, was, um, that was an incredible year. I remember when when the first when when the movie uh, first came out, you and mm-hmm. uh, Barry Jenkins stopped by WGN TV on our morning news show, and we had. I know that's why I said um, thank you for welcoming me back because oh, we yeah. remember Barry and I talk so fondly about doing press here in Chicago. Wow. I mean, I I'm not from here originally. Um, I'm from Miami, Florida, as you can see in the film. But when we did press in Chicago, I cannot tell you how welcoming the Chicago press and yeah. community was for this film. I mean, they just welcomed me home. And, and since then, I've just felt like I've been, Aww. you know, this is my, my second home. Yeah, well, I, I remember just having a, such a, a great conversation and being so excited about this little film that, yeah. uh, you know, La La Land was out there. And there I forgot all the other movies that were on the scene at this time. And it's like, this is going to break my heart if this film gets overlooked. I mean, you know, often really great movies do get overlooked depending on what else is going on. Uh, and thank, right. thank goodness this one did not, that it, it resonated in uh, so many ways. Uh, and I, I, I just, I, I couldn't have been happier for you. So how did, how did you make the Steppenwolf uh, connection then? Well, we, so I, I, you know, as you said, I had been writing plays and, and, and acting prior to uh, us even filming or even thinking about filming Moonlight. Um, and I, from DePaul, when I graduated in 2003, I uh, auditioned for this little play called Theatrical Essays with ensemble member Tina Landau. Um, it was in the Garage Theater, and it, uh, it just happened to be the summer before I went to Yale for uh, playwriting. And so I started working with Steppenwolf then, and Tina and I have collaborated since on about five or six projects, including um, Wig Out, and we did a brother-sister plays at Steppenwolf in 2010, which is when Martha Levy, uh, God rest her, invited me to become an ensemble member. Yeah, yeah, that that must have been a thrill for you to become part of this legendary theater group. Uh, that it was terrifying, <laughs> <laughs> terrifying. Oh. Yeah, because again, careful again, what I'm, you wish for, uh, yeah. right? Right. Right. And then then you get in and you get in and you're you, there's Tracy Letts and there is Bruce Norris and um, all of these writers and actors like Terry Kinney and Gary Sinise. And you have to say to yourself, well, w- what am I here to do? You know, what am I here to bring? Right. And what's been really thrilling is that they've been um, Anna Shapiro, the past artistic director, was very, very instrumental in saying, no, you have to cut your own cloth here. Right. We want you to come in and bring what you do best. And they really wanted to do Choir Boy. Yeah. And I said, really? And they said, yeah, we think it's going to be a fit at Steppenwolf. Again, I was skeptical. And it's just been really thrilling to see this piece on our stage. Our audiences are really loving it. Yeah. Let me take a, a quick break. And I, I want to just dive into Choir Boy and tell us uh, a, a little about it. And, uh, you know, it's it's a great choice of, uh, you know, things that are on stage in the Chicago area right now. Uh, we'll be right back. Uh, Terrell Alvin McCraney is uh, on the line with us, Choir Boys, over at the Steppenwolf Theater Company uh, until July 24th. And we'll be right back. Chicago's very own WGN. And very soon, those graduating, that will be me. Choir Boy is uh, Tony nominated and is at the Steppenwolf Theater uh, running through July the 24th. It's uh, the new uh, play from Oscar winning ensemble member Terrell Alvin McCraney, who uh, joins us on the phone line right now. Terrell, uh, tell us uh, uh, a little about Choir Boys. So, Choir Boy focuses on a school called Charles R. Drew Preparatory School a fictional all-black male school uh, in the South that is celebrating its 50th anniversary. And its choir is its bread and butter. It is the mechanism that has kept the school alive, uh, a high school for boys to educate them to become the leaders of tomorrow. And the lead in the lead of the choir is a young man named Ferris, who is also uh, effeminate and outwardly facing, appearingly gay. 
And it's a story about figuring out whether or not this young person who is coming into his talents and his abilities can uh, hold the legacy, the great weight of the legacy of that place. And um, it's about a hundred. It's about a hundred minutes of watching this young person from uh, from fall of his senior year to graduation. See if they can succeed in becoming a Drew man. Uh, a story about uh, fitting in, I would think, and expectations, I would think, and uh, very much the world in which we're uh, living right now, where. Uh, you know, people are sometimes avoiding being true to themselves. Am I right? Absolutely. It's a story about making space, right? It's a story. So we often think of, think to ourselves, uh, the youth are in trouble, right? As, as, I've, as I've gotten older and I'm no longer the youngest in the ensemble at Steppenwolf, I say to myself, well, what are we going to do about the future? And folks come in to hold up the mantle of what the future is going to be. And it may not look like the, the way in which you uh, did things in the past. Um, they have their own way of doing it, but it's important to allow them the space to be themselves. Well, in a society where we're constantly telling people to not say who they are or to keep things more uh, uh, closeted, as it were, um, which again, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought that was a thing of the past, right? As a, openly queer man coming up i just i i i didn't know that we would ever get to a place where we were talking about uh not being able to to express oneself or at least say how one feels um without fear of retribution yeah, or, um, or, or retaliation or, or having a supreme court justice say that we have to rethink uh you know a person's basic right to to be who they are right. and, and love who they want whoever thought that was going to come back again Absolutely. And I am coming from my home state of Florida. I can't believe I mean, listen, without my teachers who provided safe spaces for me to learn more about who I am, about the history of the people who come before me, I don't know where I would be today. Um, I my my father told me he would kick me out of the house and or kill me. Um, And there are young folks who uh, live under that threat pretty consistently. And so to have school systems that now have to legally tell parents if they think children are uh, queer or LGBTQI identifying, is pretty scary. And so I thought this play would be not, not so relevant, but it seems to be right in the center of that because here is a young person who is at once trying to uphold all the ideals of being a great student and a great leader, and yet his, um, who he is is in constant contention yeah. with uh, with all the great things he's doing. Yeah. From where did you get the inspiration to uh, write this? Well, when I was in school, I went to a performing arts high school, um, and I realized that the pressures of high school are pretty strange. Um, we expect 13, 14, 15-year-olds to kind of, in those years of their bodies changing, of their um, you know, they're them figuring out, you know, everything. what they like, what they don't like. Everything, everything. changing, right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> we expect them to sort of also know, hey, uh, I'm going to get these kinds of grades because I need to get into a college. Um, and especially if you come from a, spurt, a certain income background, you need to excel in a very particular way in order to make that kind of leap ahead. The other thing about that that I was, I was thinking about is black for black folks spirituals are a legacy of resilience of honor and of spiritual um, integrity that have been passed down for almost for hundreds of years now these little songs uh uh that w.e.b du bois calls uh the dark songs of the soul that have given strength to um civil rights movements to uh uh you name it and so those being are often passed down to the church leaders and the choir leaders who are sometimes effeminate and not said in front of the church, gay. And I wondered why we didn't talk about that. I wonder why we weren't talking about the fact that this legacy, this very powerful legacy for black people in particular, um, was being passed down to folks who weren't allowed to say who they were right. and say who they are. Um, and I wonder where that started. And I realized that it started really early, where we tell people, you know, bring your gifts, but don't bring your full self, mm. right? 
bring what you can do and do that in front of us, but don't talk about who you love. And um, I think it was Bell Hooks who said, you know, it's important to know who our heroes are and who they love, who are they in community with. And so the play is really asking us, can we make room for that? Can we see, can we, can we, can we live in a place where both this young person who is vital to our community, who is holding the legacy of our community, is also allowed to love freely? Or is that not possible? Yeah. This is, it's, it's so interesting, Terrell, listening to you talk. Uh, it's like a master class going inside the mind of a playwright. And, you know, <laughs> how, they, how, how they dissect things and how they look at things and how they come to these conclusions of which words will wind up on the page of uh, these great works. It's a little bit inspiring listening to your to your words uh, talking about this. That's what Choir Boy is, and uh, I hope people uh, will find time to go see it. Certainly plenty of time. It's here till July the 24th. Uh, you can get tickets by going to steppenwolf.org or by calling the box office at 312-335-1650. Uh, Terrell, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Real pleasure to talk to you again. I hope we get to see you while you're here in town. Please, please. And if you come by the show, let me know. I'd love to say hello. We'll definitely do that. Uh, it's a pleasure to have Terrell Alvin McCraney Choir Boys at the Steppenwolf Theater. Have a great fourth weekend, uh, Terrell. Thank you so much. You too. Bye-bye. Now, we've got the Indy 200 at Mid-Ohio coming up in just a few minutes here. You'll hear it live on WGN, so we're going to be signing off a little bit early today. But uh, we'll uh, be visiting with uh, our old pal Wendy Snyder tomorrow morning. We're going to be talking about uh, grilling and barbecuing. Uh, and there's just not a lot of entertainment news uh, going on over the holiday weekend, so we're going to talk about my other love, uh, cooking, and some of the things that I've been doing on the grill lately and some of the things that you've been doing, and we'll offer up some suggestions so i'll be on my regular segment that i do with bob surratt between 8 and 8 30 uh only uh, wendy snyder will be filling in as the host tomorrow and i will be joining her then and then uh, as always we'll uh, rejoin bob and uh, the regular crew uh starting on tuesday morning and back on the wgn tv uh morning news uh next week as well uh in our regular time with all the entertainment news and we're going to be doing some uh, appetizers on the grill for my TV cooking segment next week. So I hope you'll tune in for that.